I definitely think there is time to celebrate success, but I don't think you can dwell on it too long because you'll get complacent and think, oh, I've got it all figured out. At the time, I saw Shark Tank as like the end all be all. But the reality check that I had after our Shark Tank episode aired of this is not a finish line. This is the beginning of it all. There might be businesses where the owners get to a certain part and they're like, this is it. I can sit back and relax. I am done. I'm not that person. We are always going to want to know what is next. Hello, everybody. I'm Kelly Martin, and you're listening to Making It Work, brought to you by FedEx. This is the podcast where we pull back the curtain on life as an entrepreneur and find out what it's really like to build a business from the bottom up. Each time, we discuss a different topic and ask the tough questions you've been waiting to hear the answers to. In the third episode of this season, we put on our party hats and talk about celebrating success, discovering which milestones matter most to our founders. So how do small business owners celebrate their accomplishments? And why are some of them so bad at it? Asking the questions is Tom Scallon. Sometimes it can be difficult to live in the moment. After all, we all have personal goals. For some, it's early retirement. For others, it's having kids or chasing that next big promotion. For me... Well, it's just remembering to put the dishwasher on before I go to bed. But whatever we strive to achieve, it can be difficult to recognise those milestones along the way. We're all programmed to want more and in pursuit of happiness, many of us are pretty bad at taking a step back and celebrating those little successes. That fact is no truer than with small business owners. By their own admission, they've chosen a vocation with no end in sight. But with unlimited potential comes fierce determination, a quality that doesn't always lend itself to, you know, having fun. One entrepreneur who finds it difficult to step back and celebrate success is Stephanie Duncan. She's owner of Floral Genius, a US-based flower frog manufacturer, and Harmony Harvest, a fresh-cut flower farm in Weyers Cave, Virginia. Running two businesses doesn't give Stephanie too much time to celebrate her achievements. But she is working on it, even if she might need a little poke every now and again. Celebrating success. That is something that I have really tried to take more time to do. And I actually like told Zoe, our marketing coordinator, I was like, I need you to help me with this. I need you to tell me this when we do something good, tell me to stop and be excited about it before I move on to the next thing. And I think that's hard for entrepreneurs. I think it's really hard because we're always thinking about like just getting stuff done. And when we get something done, if the result is awesome, awesome, we move on to the next. Awesome, move on to the next. And I think that it's so important to stop for a minute and be like, hey, you just did something and it was awesome and it worked. So that's definitely something that we try to do a lot. And we do it, definitely want to do it a lot with our team. We like to share our success, like share everything we're doing with them. Because I mean, at the end of the day, like we can launch products all we want and people can buy them all we want. Without our team, without Zoe promoting them, without Sarah filling orders, without our farmers like harvesting and without our design folks putting stuff together and our customer service people making sure that people are having a really good experience, doesn't matter. I think celebrating success is incredibly important, but it might be something that you actually have to add as a part of your process. Like after you have a product go through a cycle, how to go, what are the lessons learned? And oh, are we having a pizza party? Because we should have a pizza party. 
or not. Maybe it's just like, here's a Snickers because that didn't go great, but it's fine. I think it's important to make a distinction here because are you not more talking about staff morale? So when it comes to your particular achievements, do you ever sit back and think, bloody hell, I've done a really good job over the past few years? That is something that I'm working on in this year, because here's one of the, another, I'm, I've had a lot of realizations in the past couple of years. And one of the last realizations that I had was the fact that you never reach the top of the mountain. And I know this sounds morbid. I know this sounds like really morbid, but I feel like when I want first started running, a, you know, owning a business and, and my perception of business ownership my whole life was about, oh, I'm going to get to this place. I'm going to be comfortable financially. I'm going to have teams of people to do things. Then I can relax, right? And and I just need to push really hard through all of this stress and stuff today so that I can get there. And what I've come to realize is that, that is, that's never going to be me. Hopefully there is time that I can relax, but that's going to be on me to carve out. Now, again, there might be businesses where the owners get to a certain part and they're like, this is it. I can sit back and relax. I am done. This is where I want my company to be. And it's there. And I'm not that person. My sister's not that person. My mom's not that person. We are not those people. We are always going to want to know what is next. And I think that is really important because if you're just pushing through to this thing, this goal, it is so easy to forget to stop and celebrate success because to you, success is that end thing. And that's why I say for me personally, I know I will never stop climbing the mountain. It will always be stressful. It will always, I will always have something new and something different. And I will always be making the climb. Because I don't have this vision of like when it's done and over, I need to carve out pieces of time throughout that journey where I can sit back and say, look how far I've come. And this part is worth celebrating. While there's so much more I want to do in the future, this person, somebody wants to be at this point. I at one point wanted to be at this point. And I think we get really caught up on what we want to be that we forget about who we are today. And that person today got us to this point. And that person deserves a second to just sit back and clap your hands and say, good job, you. But I think it's interesting to note that when you were starting out, your end goal is where you are now. That's something quite interesting to reflect on, isn't it? But yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I guess you could say that. I guess when I first started out, I was like, I just want to own a business so that I can be this person, be this thing. And you're right. Like now I am this person. I am this thing. But it's, you know, I, I, I have a terrible habit of being like, it's never done. It's never, okay, now that we're here, go there. And I've been that way my entire life. And so I am the person that, that me 10 years ago would be envious of. I own businesses. I have a great team. I'm building something. I'm doing something. It just looks a lot different than the box, the kind of persona that I had built out in my mind. You're not the only entrepreneur I speak to that looks at things very holistically, how you're impacting uh, the lives of your customers, your employees' lives. But from a sort of financial point of view, 
you ever think we've had a really good year? I think I'm going to buy a new car or we're going to go on vacation. Do I think that? Yeah, I went on vacation last year for the first time in six years. Oh, really? Where did you go? Not kidding. Uh, Just to the beach. You know what? It wasn't anything fancy. (laughs) I just went to the beach. And let me tell you, that was the best. That was that was so good for me. And it's like the first time that we've really been able to do this. And I don't think that it's necessarily been like financially driven, but I think it's we finally realized that like in this climb, we have to enable ourselves to take some time. That's the U.S. work mentality is you work, work, work all the time, all the time, never time off. And I think like one of my favorite things throughout this whole process is really working with a lot of different people in different parts of the world and like hearing them just say like, I'm going on holiday for two weeks and here's my out of the office and like, don't call me. And I'm like, I could not imagine leaving for two weeks. But you know what? Everything still keeps moving. Everything still keeps going. I, the customer, I, the partner, I, the client, I'm not suffering. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you're like the end all be all to your business, like you're going to go crazy. Why do you think some entrepreneurs find it so hard to stop and recognize what they've achieved up to that point? Because it's like being in a washing machine and trying to like get out of the washing machine just to look down to see what's swirling around inside of it. I think you're just so invested. You're just so invested in everything. And the other thing, too, is that there is always going to be a fire burning somewhere in in the background. Always. There's always going to be a fire. There's always going to be something going wrong. There's always something's going to be a mess. Something's not perfect. And I think a lot of people try to be perfect and find that moment of like peace and solitude to really stop, enjoy something. And you're never going to find it. There's always something going on. You might as well enjoy the ride. Yes. Enjoy it. Like it's like, listen, the roller coaster is just going to keep going around and round and go up and down and up and down and up and down. If you want to get off for a minute, get off. There's still going to, there's going to be plenty of hills when you get back. And you know what? The whole cart will go over the hill while you're not on it. It's fine. In the last episode, it was a cliff. This time it's a hill. But I do know what Stephanie's getting at. She'll never stop. That's not how she was brought up. But as she climbs the ever-growing mountain of entrepreneurship, she does recognize that it's important to, every now and again, stop, take a look down, and breathe in some fresh air. One man with his own mountain to scale is Logan Lamance, co-founder and CEO of Kanga Coolers. Two years ago, this South Carolina-based entrepreneur thought he'd already reached the summit when his company was chosen to pitch on Shark Tank. But it didn't take him long to realize that this was just the beginning. I think it's important to celebrate the wins along the way. I, I tend to fall more in the camp of the next thing up. The reason I became more focused on, I guess, the journey, I mean, it's cliche, but the journey instead of the destination. When we started the class project and we had the idea and we started building up the company, one of the like mountaintop dreams for us was what if we could appear on Shark Tank? Like, what if one day maybe we get and make, we appear on Friday, maybe we get a deal too? Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, again, from the vantage point of a college student with an idea in a class project, like that's as, almost as far as you can see. That's the mountaintop. That's insane. You're, you're on TV and like there's actual investors, billionaires and millionaires that are going to invest in your company and it's the pinnacle in your mind. Well, we, we were able to fortunately achieve that. We went on the show. We got, we got an offer and it, it, it felt amazing and it was awesome. But from that experience, 
you kind of get to that that place and then you look up and you realize you're at the starting point. You're not on any kind of mountaintop. This is nothing but an opportunity to now go find success and to build your business. And in hindsight, I look back and I see that the Shark Tank airing for us was really the start of our operations. I don't look at much of what before what happened before then as anything but just setting the foundation. But at the time, I saw Shark Tank as like the end-all be-all. I think for me, kind of taking that perspective, and again, I wouldn't say it's disappointment, but the reality check that I had after our Shark Tank episode aired of this is not a finish line. This is the beginning of it all. That was kind of a, a definitely, definitely a reality check for me. And so I take that perspective and everything that we do, where I look at everything we accomplish as metaphorically a, a mountain climbed, but you got other mountains to climb from there. Like when you climb that first mountain, you can then see the next mountain you have to climb. It's tough to find that balance between climbing the mountains and enjoying the view at the top. But if you sit there at the top for too long, you're stuck. Well, what are you, what are you doing? You're going to fade away. You're not climbing any other mountains. And that's as far as you go. So I think it's important to celebrate the ones along the way with the people that you're with, but really just finding the joy in the climb just as much as achieving any one thing or, you know, or any one goal. Cause what I found is just, again, the, the day to day is where a lot of our celebration, a lot of our happiness, a lot of our joy, I think comes from, and again, like with, when we do things like a fun Friday every two weeks, like we're celebrating just being together and being on this journey, being on this ride. Like we don't have necessarily any one win we want to celebrate. And it's great to, you know, to go crazy and go out if we get a big order, or a big deal. But I think again, the celebration that, that we're all just in this together and then we're going to go back and fight another day the next day. I think that's more impactful to me than kind of resting on our accomplishments to this point. You're not the first making it work entrepreneur that's appeared on Shark Tank, by the way. When you received that call from the producer saying you're going to be on Shark Tank, you must have been able to celebrate then, surely. Oh, yeah, I freaked out. I was, we were all going crazy. Uh, I can't remember if I cried or not, but uh, I probably was close with excitement. In the moment, we were aware of how much that was going to change our lives. So there's something to celebrate for that and all the work that had you know, kind of come before that. But when you get that call that you're going to air on Shark Tank, it's all about how you respond to that. Do you sit back and say, cool, we made it. Let Shark Tank do the work. Or do you go, holy crap, we're going to have to get our website ready. We're going to have to get all of this ready, that ready. Do we have enough inventory? It's time to get to work. You know what I'm saying? That difference of, are you resting on that? Or are you taking that as, now we have an opportunity. Let's go execute. We've worked real hard to get this opportunity. But it doesn't matter if we get it on Shark Tank if the airing flops or if we don't get any momentum from that or any success that we can take. None of that matters. It's just a cool story we'll tell our kids one day. Oh, yeah, by the way, that had a crazy idea in college and, you know, went on Shark Tank. It's like, oh, what happened after that? Oh, I didn't do that much. Like, it's a different perspective. So I think a lot of the true entrepreneurs will take those strides as opportunities and it'll cause you to work even harder to achieve the objective and capitalize on those uh, so for example if you get into a big a big retail store like it's awesome it's great celebrate that but what, what does it matter if you got into a store if you didn't pull through the store if you didn't keep keep your shelf space if you didn't grow your business with that account i mean i think with every milestone there's there's a new opportunity to capture and so again being excited and grateful to have those opportunities to be in those positions is important 
But taking that mindset of, you know, it could all be gone in an instant if you rest on it. Oh, I'm curious to know with the Shark Tank thing, does your website crash or anything? Uh, we were worried about that, but we, we use Shopify. And so we, we, we called them ahead of time and said, listen, listen, we, we're about to get air on Shark Tank to make sure the website won't crash. And they pretty much laughed at us and they said, yeah, we've heard this before. You'll be fine. Our website, they gave us some stats on uh, how to sound Shopify's infrastructure is and how they can handle millions and millions of site visitors. And yeah, it, we felt silly, but it's always good to check, right? I mean, it depends on who you're using for your website, but yeah, we, we called them and we, we quickly were we reassured that this would not be an issue. That's awesome. You can at least celebrate the success of your website not crashing. It didn't crash. It didn't look great, but it didn't crash. So we, <laughs> we've come a long way from there. You're listening to Making It Work. Coming up. I do like Instagram lives where we call it celebration circle because a lot of times we're not comfortable sharing those wins and those wins are super important because it's hard work. Do you ever give yourself a bonus, buy a new car, go on vacation, buy a bottle of champagne? I think for me, the motivation has never been material items or cash. It's always been how do we do even more to make a difference in the world? You know, we had a failure recently and I had a good ugly cry in front of my kids and I, I just couldn't hold it in. And so they saw that and, you know, they were both like, mommy, you can do hard things. It's okay. Take a deep breath. When it comes to celebrating success, entrepreneurs have to strike a fine balance. Instagram is awash with self-made millionaires driving their Lambos. But most prefer to paint a more realistic picture of what running your own business is really like. Of course, that doesn't mean you can't share successes with your community. Let's talk to Jacqueline Rogers, founder and CEO of Atlanta-based company Greentop Gifts. She's not always good at recognising when something she's done is a big deal. But with a little help from her husband and her kids, she's getting better at celebrating those wins. And occasionally, you might even hear the odd champagne cork popping. I definitely think there is time to celebrate success, but I don't think you can dwell on it too long because you'll get complacent and think, oh, I've got it all figured out. And there's always something else looming. But I do think in entrepreneurship, we don't celebrate success enough. I think a lot of times entrepreneurship can be lonely. And so entrepreneurs, we might have a huge win, like, oh, we sent an email and it the click-through rate was super high. And your friends who aren't in entrepreneurship are like, yay. <laughs> but people who are in the trenches with you of entrepreneurship understand it, right? And so I think it's important to have a community of other entrepreneurs that you can celebrate those wins with because a lot of times people who aren't in it don't understand your wins and excitement over very simple things. And so I do like Instagram lives where we call it celebration circle. It is the place where we talk to other entrepreneurs and ask them about what's the last thing you celebrate? How did you celebrate it? And what was your last big win? Because a lot of times we're not comfortable sharing those wins. And those wins are super important because they're, it's hard work. And a lot of times you just don't feel like, oh, I can share that. Or you're on to the next thing or the next fire that you have to put out. But I do think it's important entrepreneurship to celebrate those wins. Does it feel to you like it's a little self-indulgent? Does it kind of make you feel guilty as a business owner when you celebrate success too much? I think I celebrate it privately. I think if you celebrate it out in the open, like some parts of it, 
I think the way I celebrate the wins the most is kind of our monthly recap that we send out to like our advisors, investors, and friends and family that are close to the business. And so that's like a monthly email I'll send out with like our wins. And that's kind of a safe space with people who want to know how the business is going. Would I put on social media like, hey, we hit this much in orders this week? No. So I think it's the way in which you celebrate it, right? And how you go about celebrating it. But a lot of times there'll be things that I have wanted and prayed for and was really excited about. And then I, I kind of was just like, oh, you know, and then my husband would go, no, this is this is a big deal. Like we have to, to celebrate this moment. So most of the time it might just be, you know, a glass of bubbly to celebrate it. That's the end of it. So yeah, it just depends. I think you're the first entrepreneur I've spoken to this season who has celebrated with a glass of bubbly. Because I always ask, do you ever open a bottle of champagne? And they all say, maybe one day. <laughs> do. I celebrate the small wins. I also have two small children. So sometimes you just, you need a little, a little spirit or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you need a stiff drink as well. Yes. Strong bourbon. <laughs> uh, how important is having your husband there to reassure you that, yeah, we need to celebrate this. This is important. It must remove a little bit of the loneliness of entrepreneurship. It definitely does. My husband is probably one of the biggest cheerleaders for my business. He's also has a finance background. So he's also very quick to be like, yeah, whatever, because I'm the creative in the marketing and I get excited about everything. And he's like, what's the ROI? So we're two totally different people, but he definitely encouraged me to quit my job and work on the business full time way before I was ready to do it. So he's definitely a huge supporter. And I say my kids too, they're super excited and happy about the business. And they ask me like, do we sell anything today? Or how's business going? Or how's our company? So it's always great to have that supportive family. And I think it's super important too for my children to see it because they are seeing entrepreneurship at an early age. And it's super important for them to understand that if they have an idea or dreams and they can do, you can start it and come up with and create it. And I think it's important for kids to see that even at a very early age. I would say for sure, our kids see the excitement. I'm always excited to share with them the wins. I think the biggest thing that they've had a part of was the FedEx Small Business Grant Contest. And so they did all the videos, like all the videos we created, they were like the spokespeople. They had on the hats, they were truck drivers and they were talking. And so when we won, they were super excited because they were a part of it. Like they were part of that whole creation. And so we still joke about my, my, she was two at the time saying, don't forget your votes because she can't really speak clearly. So it's funny. <laughs> so yeah, that's always super exciting. But they also see some of the rough parts of it. Like I, I try to not pout or be upset about things around them because I always talk to them and tell them daily affirmations of, you know, I say, what does mommy say? I can do hard things, right? So when they leave out the door in the morning, those kind of, that's one of our morning affirmations. You can do hard things. And we had a failure recently of something we were trying to get and we got to know. And I was really upset about it because I put a lot of work in behind it. And I had a good ugly cry in front of my kids and I, I just couldn't hold it in. And so they saw that and they were both like, mommy, you can do hard things. It's okay. Take a deep breath. So I think it's important kind of for them to see a little bit of both sides of it. And it was affirming to hear them tell me, like I tell them all the time, like, you can do it. Okay. Take a deep breath and, and keep going. So tell me about the next thing you're going to celebrate. What's that next big target when you're going to have your next glass of bubbly? Uh, hopefully soon. I'm hoping in the next few, a few weeks or a few days, we're working on a big partnership and we have 
submitted lots of paperwork and contracts and I can't talk about it yet, but there's been a whole lot of work behind it and it will be multiple glasses. <laughs> if we get this. <laughs> it's been a long road and a lot of work, but I, I think we're close. We're not there, but we're really, really close. Well, we can certainly raise a glass to that. Of course, no entrepreneur is an island. And just as Jacqueline celebrates her wins with her family, our next entrepreneur also prefers to bring others along for the ride. Chat Razdan is CEO of Care a healthware business based out of New York City, and the one who's going to wrap up this episode. He's not the best at treating himself to a vacation or fancy dinner, but has learned the importance of recognising his company's achievements and celebrating as a team. After all, what's the point in having a party if no one else is invited? I think celebrating success is one of those things that I definitely don't do well in terms of always thinking ahead and always thinking about how we can do even more. I think our team has demonstrated how we can start to do it better. And whether it's someone successfully giving a presentation to someone else or coming up with a good idea, we've now actually, as part of the grant that we won from FedEx, we actually have created what we're calling the We Care Fund, where team members can pitch an idea to the company, and then we vote on it and we invest in that idea. And that, I think, is an easy way to celebrate success because it's hey, someone came up with a great idea. It's something that's really going to benefit the company and we can put real money behind it to make it happen and create even better future results. There's also the financial benefits. For example, when we've had great years, we've been able to give everyone really big bonuses. We, in general, have a very strong bonus plan, both for cash as well as equity, to allow people to continue to feel more and more loved and wanted here. And then I think it's, Every time we're getting a win, doing whatever we can to celebrate it, regardless of size or magnitude, we have a shout outs channel in Slack where we shout out getting stuff into our warehouse. We shout out big orders. We shout out getting a meeting. We shout out being on the Making It Work podcast. We really get to celebrate everything. And I think that that's so important. Interestingly, even in the middle of COVID, have gotten feedback of, we wish we could do more together because we've been pretty remote and kind of bringing people together and doing happy hours or celebrations, obviously in a safe and masked way. But I think there continues to be more that we can do. And I think this is really where you can defer to the team members and allow them to have a say in how is the best way to celebrate. I like the idea of my sending even like a cheesy email or something to team members once a week or once a month, just calling out something that someone's done in particular, I think is a nice way to just take a minute or two out of our day to say, hey, this is incredible what you've done. When we have redone our website, calling out the person in charge of really doing all the graphics and the person in charge of putting the words out there to getting an important meeting that we're really excited about, preparing ourselves for our conferences that we present at, etc., is a really unique opportunity for us to keep doing that. It seems like you're pretty good at celebrating the successes of your employees, but what about your successes, chat? 
do you ever think, oh, I've built a multi-million dollar company. I did a pretty good job. I'm going to treat myself. Yeah, I do a really poor job of that. One of our board members wrote me an incredibly nice email at the end of 2020, just basically talking to me about how proud he was of the work that we had done. And in particular, how I had really focused the company on navigating through the COVID crisis and doing whatever we could to help people. We grew a hundred times that year. And I mean, that takes a lot of work. And I think that kind of reaction caused me to think through it more. Obviously, my parents, while they're always micromanaging me, they're also talking me up. So have been great about telling me what how amazing it is and like job well done type of thing, which has been great. And then friends have been amazing at, for better or worse, always asking me why we're not growing for more, but then really calling out the work that we're doing. And recently I've had some friends who have had babies in the NICU that thankfully are now, quote unquote, out in the real world and have graduated is the word we like to use in the NICU. Um, but just being able to get them NICU onesies that their babies could wear in the hospital while they were there and humanizing the baby for them while they were plugged into machines, I think was pretty incredible. And I think that's when it really hits home is being able to help millions of people around the world, no matter what they're going through, whether it's very serious or not, and making them feel more like themselves is that kind of thing is really cool to get to look back on and be like, wow, I built this and I've been able to get an amazing group of people uh, working here and we continue to be able to recruit even better. I tell every employee, my goal is to make every next hire the best hire we've ever made. And it just continues to raise the bar for us and our company and allows us to make an even greater difference in the world. And really, really grateful to be doing that. Do you ever give yourself a bonus, buy a new car, go on vacation, buy a bottle of champagne? Yeah, I guess I grew up spoiled and not spoiled in the same regards where I'm pretty good about spending like where I spend money and pretty good about like keeping it consistent on the highs and lows, similar to being an entrepreneur. I mean, there's like minor changes I'll make in life here or there where obviously now I'm less worried about cash on a day to day basis than I was that first year when I was just everything was an outflow. But I think for me, the motivation has never been material items or cash. It's always been, how do we do even more to make a difference in the world? And so for me, that's really been my driver. Would you say you're quite a frugal person? I think so. I spend on others, less on myself. Very weird. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'll still go on vacations and things like that. I'm not living a poor man's life for sure. But I mean, before this started, you and I were joking about how I live in New York City. So I'm really good at throwing money in a fireplace and watching it burn. But I think for me, it's the pleasure is more being around those that I love and being able to have good times with them. I think that to me is much more meaningful than going to every seven star hotel in the world. I don't mind seven star hotels though, so don't get me wrong. Oh, we were going to give you a stay in a seven star hotel as a gift, but I guess you don't want it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
coming up next time. The unboxing experiences, we have a tagline we put on social media that says unbox the joy. And so I think our products bring joy to people because people are using our products to create that joy and that unboxing experience. So immediately just upon receiving the box without even knowing who we are, they were excited because they knew what it was and it was a gift and they just couldn't wait to open it. I asked you if you'd like to talk about the unboxing experience and you said, ah, well, we don't really do that much, but it sounds like you're doing a hell of a lot. We're trying, we're getting better. That's it for this episode of Making It Work. Let us know what you think by rating and reviewing on whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And be first in line for the next episode by hitting that subscribe button. You can now read show notes for previous episodes by visiting fedex.com slash making it work. And as always, you can get in touch with the team at making it work at fedex.com. Thanks to our entrepreneurs, Stephanie Duncan, Chat Razdan, Jacqueline Rogers, and Logan Lamance. Making It Work is produced by Yolene Marguerite, written by Tom Scallon, and edited by Lars Blockenberg, with creative direction from Jeroen von Koenigshoven. Music by Fresh Big Mouth, who created the song with actual sounds from the FedEx Superhub. This show is delivered to you by FedEx and presented by Tom Scallon and me, Kelly Martin. <laughs>